0: Welcome to Christ Church Anglican. We hope that you are blessed by today 's sermon. If you would, open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6 verse 11, and we will start there in just a second. Today we celebrate the freedom our nation has enjoyed and those who want it for us and uh, it's at times like this that I always remember I have two citizenships. Okay. I'm a citizen of this country, and I'm a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. More importantly, as my relatives would tell me, I'm a citizen of Texas <laughs> and a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Uh, I'm uh, so proud to be a citizen of Texas, so proud to have my heritage here. Um, I can't tell you. Uh, how much strength I have drawn throughout the years from having relatives that will go back to Stephen F. And yet, none of that really matters. None of it does. It's a wonderful thing to have, but I don't want to cling to it too tightly because when I die, and even now when I walk in abundant life, I'm walking as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. And so when we are celebrating national holidays, we celebrate them for <clears throat> the values of heaven that are manifest in those holidays, such as freedom. It is for freedom that Christ came to set you free. Do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Our Independence Day reminds us of this even more important fact, that Christ has set us free. Can you hear me okay back there? Okay. Um, And I I just want to stress that because what we're going to look at today is a fight and a trial that is greater than anything we have experienced as Americans. And this is the fight and the trial that we wage every day with spiritual warfare. And if you say to yourself, how can I be a good American as a citizen of the kingdom? Well, then you do these things. You fight the spiritual battles you vote kingdom values you proclaim kingdom values uh very often you're going to find that half the time you're with one party and you're half the time with the other if you're voting kingdom values uh but what matters is that we obey god first before we obey man and so uh Today, I want us to look at this important fight that each of us faces. And it really is the difference between living the abundant life and not living it. The Bible tells us in Genesis 127, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. You bear God's image. Everybody in this room bears God's image. Glory, glory is in your spiritual DNA. And God placed it there by making you and me in his image. And as children, we knew our lives were made for glory. Did anyone ever, when they were playing soldiers, say, I'll be the private? <laughs> no, everybody was a general. Everybody was the victorious person, you know. Uh, my my uh, little brother and his best friend uh, was from Arkansas originally and so he had this confederate cap so he always claimed that he was going to be General Lee whenever they went to battle. And my little brother was not about to be the private so he was General Lee's best friend when they went to battle. (laughs) But everybody always wanted glory, you know, they were at the top of the pile, the top of the heap doing great things, fighting great battles, waging war, solving great problems for God. That's how as kids we dreamed. That's why we dreamed of things like being firemen and soldiers and policemen, people who held to values of the kingdom, people who held to values of glory. They may not be the highest paid jobs in this world, but they definitely in the kingdom are seen in a completely different way. And as kids, we saw it that way. Now, unfortunately, most of us never learn how to live that kind of life as adults, And by the time we were in our 30s, we tended to look back on those early years as just naive and and youthful dreams that, of course, fade away, evaporate in the harsh glare of reality. And that is exactly what the devil wants you to believe. Remember what Jesus tells us, John 10, 10, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. In Jesus, God turned the world on its head. And he showed us what life is all about, what it means to live in glory as an image of our Father in heaven. But if you're the devil, you don't want to see that glory. You hate God. You hate his image. And the last thing you want to see are a bunch of people running around with the image of God. So he attacks us regularly, constantly, over and over again. He does everything he can to prevent God's image from being revealed in us. He attacks the hearts that carry God's image. The Anglican clergyman William gernall has written, it is the image of God reflected in you that so enrages hell. It is this at which the demons hurl their mightiest weapons. Now, this is a fact of life. Whether you are not, you like being in this situation is immaterial. The enemies of God want to make sure that the best in you never gets out never becomes visible, never influences other Christians so that they might realize they also carry God's image in their hearts. And every day you're being attacked. You're being tempted to believe lies about yourself, about others, and about God, lies that will keep God's image from ever being revealed in you. You're no good. You'll never amount to anything. you're just an idiot. God doesn't love you. Very often the enemy will play on past sins you have committed to convince you you'll never be worthy of God's love. There may be secret shame in your life. Have you ever had an abortion? Well, God could never love someone who had an abortion. Of course he can. And he can forgive you too. And you can walk in righteousness. God could never love anyone who's committed adultery. Well, of course he can. He can forgive you, and you can walk in righteousness. Repent and return to the Lord. That's all you got to do. The devil is going to keep hounding you with accusations. And remember, Jesus calls the devil the accuser because he's constantly going to be hounding you with accusations to keep you from your loving father. Now, you can't avoid the attacks. They're going to come. And they're going to come, not because of anything you do, but because you carry the image of the Father in heaven. But the thing is, you don't have to take them lying down. You can fight. You can fight back, and you can win with Christ. You can fight for yourself. You can fight for your children. You can fight for those you know and love. You can fight for your brothers and sisters in Christ. And please do. God has given you armor and weapons and himself so you can defend yourself against the assaults of his enemies. Listen to what St. Paul says in Second Corinthians chapter 10. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments of the accuser, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought, every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Those are the weapons Christ gives us. Notice pulling down strongholds. Where are these strongholds located? Well, in our minds and our hearts. These are the agreements we've made with the enemy. Yeah, I am no good. Yeah, God could never love me. I don't even know why I would try. These are the lies we have accepted as true barriers that stand between us and God's freedom. And God has equipped us with the weapons to tear down these barriers and to defend ourselves against new barriers being raised. You know, the idea that uh, I'm, I'm a sinner so God can't love me is about the most absurd notion why did God come? Talk to Jesus about that sometime. Jesus, I'm a sinner, you can't love me. Jesus is like, you idiot, that's why I came, (laughs) because you are a sinner, and I want to love you. (laughs) You know? He gives us the tools we need, but they won't help unless we use them. Okay, Ephesians 6 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Paul is not only giving this counsel to the church, to the body of Christ, he's giving it to each individual. <clears throat> we must depend on God's strength and use every piece of his armor. The whole body, every one of us, needs to be armed. So, who is our enemy? Again, let's look at Ephesians 6.12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. This is serious stuff. Okay? This is a lot bigger than whether, uh, you know, who's going to be at the, the ultimate power in the world in the next century. This is about who we're wrestling against in the cosmos, okay, there is a whole lot more going on than the human eye can see. We live in a world with two parts, the part we can see and the part we can't see, okay? And Scripture urges us for our own welfare to act as though the unseen world is far more weighty and more real and more dangerous than the part of reality we can see. Jesus tells us in Matthew ten twenty-eight. Don't fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. As Bishop Tutu said, for a Christian, there are much worse things to fear than death. Okay? Don't fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. We're facing a supernatural enemy, and to contend against a supernatural foe, we need supernatural power. And that is available to everyone who has given his or her life to Jesus Christ. God has provided this by giving us his Holy Spirit within us and his armor surrounding us. Once again, I want to go back to why we're talking about this. So you can defend yourself against the accusations of the enemy that prevent you from enjoying God's love. What prevents you from enjoying God's love? the enemy's attacks upon you that cause you to believe ungodly truths, ungodly beliefs, things that just aren't true, but that can govern and control your life and make you live in misery. Okay? So God has provided us with the Holy Spirit and with armor, and let's take a look at what St. Paul tells us we have for that armor. Okay? It's here in Ephesians 6.14. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth. It's interesting that Paul uses the image of a belt around our waist to describe how we're to relate to truth. It's pretty difficult to separate you from a buckled belt. And one of the hardest challenges we all face, especially our youth, is to discern what is true from what is false. As we've already seen, Satan fights with lies. And often his lies sound like the truth. But when we surround ourselves with God's truth as snugly as a buckled belt, we can recognize Satan's lies for what they are. Most of you know this, and I've mentioned it before, but um, treasury agents, when they're learning to spot a counterfeit bill, do not spend time looking at counterfeit bills. They spend hours and hours looking at authentic bills. And when they know the true bill, everything else they can identify as counterfeit. They don't chase after counterfeit images. They chase after the true image. And everything else is compared to that. Ephesians 6.14 says, Having put on the breastplate of righteousness, a breastplate protects the heart okay? And God's righteousness is the breastplate that protects our spiritual hearts, okay? Understand, Paul's not talking about self-righteousness. That won't protect us from anything. As a matter of fact, that'll get us in trouble. Uh, But God's righteousness protects our hearts. And when Satan tells you that you are unworthy of God's love, remind yourself that Jesus Christ covers you with his righteousness. Jesus makes you worthy because of what he has done. Remember, Christianity is not about do, it's about done, okay? Every other religion in the world is about do this, do this, do this. Christianity is about it's been done for you. Embrace it, okay? And then 6:15 as shoes for your feet having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. One of the ways we fight in God's army and wage war is to spread the good news to tell others of God's love. Why, have we, why did we bring Stacy in to work so hard with us on that, to share the gospel, to tell the story? Why, did we, why do we have that poster out there and, and those cards for you to go home and practice? Because that's one of the ways you wage war, is by speaking the truth to lies, telling the truth about Jesus Christ to others and God's love. St. Peter tells us, Always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you. Satan wants you to think that telling others about Jesus is a waste of time. How many of you kept fired up with the idea that I'm going to go share the gospel after those initial meetings? Okay, no one's fault but your own. Okay, just repent. And ask God to fire you up again. Okay? Because there are people in every one of our lives who need to hear the good news. Okay? And because it's no one's fault but your own, there's a way out. You can fix it. Retur- repent and return to Jesus. The spiritual footgear God gives us is the motivation to keep going to continue to proclaim that in Jesus God and man are reconciled my gosh is there better news in the world than that there's not that is the best news in the world ephesians 6:16 6, says in all circumstances take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all flaming darts of the evil one satan's attacks on the hearts come in the form of insults setbacks doubts and temptations okay But the shield of faith protects us from Satan's flaming arrows. With faith, with faith in Jesus Christ and what he has done for us. With faith in the Father's love. With faith in the gift of the Holy Spirit. We can see beyond our present circumstances. Knowing God is greater than anything Satan can throw against us. And that ultimate victory is ours. Uh, It's often commented that the uh, shield of faith is... uh, defensive but in the roman army it was often used offensively to push back so that's fair game okay you can use your shield of faith to push back okay and then take the helmet of salvation that prevents you from hearing satan's lies okay they come through your mind into your heart don't let them Wear your helmet of salvation. Protect your mind. Maintain your confidence in Christ. And then the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now, we see how Jesus wields the sword of the Spirit in his temptations in, in the wilderness. He fought back with Scripture. This is why it's so important for us to study the Bible. The more the Bible you know, the more Scripture you have in your heart and your mind, and the more prepared you are when Satan attacks. I've told some of you this before, but a friend of mine, a pilot in a Flower Mound. Flower Mound was kind of a pilot's ghetto because it was about 10 minutes north of DFW Airport. <clears throat> so we had tons of pilots in the parish. And one of those pilots became a good friend of mine, and we decided we were going to memorize the Sermon on the Mount one year. And we did. And I tell you what, having that in my heart, it's the best thing. Those words, they, just, they come up when I need them. You know? I could, if you said, tell me the Sermon on the Mount right now, I'd say, like, oh, probably I'm rusty. But when the Holy Spirit wants me to remember something, he pulls it right up. It's wonderful. And then praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. God has entrusted prayer to us. Prayer is a part of his plan. Have you ever heard Jerry say that it's our prayers that open the doors for their work? It's so true. Every missionary I know has said that. It's the greatest weapon you have in your arsenal. When you're praying in accordance with God's will for you and others, you're connecting with the power that created the universe. You're connecting with the power that raised Jesus from death. Prayer keeps you in relationship with God, who is your defender against the assaults of the enemy. Praise and thanksgiving keep our hearts and minds filled with the knowledge of God's love, his power, and confession of our sins restores our relationship with God. Whenever we've broken that relationship by making agreements with the enemy, okay? We don't do like Adam and Eve and run away from God and go hide. When we sin, we repent and return to the Lord, okay? So God has given us all we need to defend ourselves. And one more thing about prayer, it unleashes the host of heaven to fight on our side, okay? You need to think of it this way. We aren't God's army. We are God's people, his citizens. The citizens, when they're in trouble, cry out to the king, and the king sends his army to fight for the citizens, When we pray, we cry out to the king and we can ask him to send us help in the form of his warrior angels to fight for us and defend us. So, God has given us all we need to defend ourselves, he's given us the Holy Spirit, he's given us the armor. To defend ourselves against the attacks of the enemy. So if we want to experience the life Jesus won for us, we must listen to the Holy Spirit, let him lead us, and then we must put on daily the full armor of God. Now this isn't a chore. You can do it in five minutes in prayers. You know, don't, don't turn it into some ordeal you have to do. Just make it a natural part of your morning. Romans thirteen twelve says, The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. This is our glorious destiny. Right here and right now, as we celebrate the independence of our nation, let us also commit to celebrating our own freedom in Christ, to walk in the light and to bear God's image in this world. To attract others who have been enslaved and beaten down and draw them into the light of God's truth. This is worth fighting for. So let us fight with the Holy Spirit, wielding the weapons that God has given to everyone who believes in his Son, Jesus. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, feel free to visit us online at ccanglican.com. We hope you will join us again soon.